Pickaxe. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, people of all ages, welcome back to the best fucking podcast in the whole fucking world. That's right. Welcome the- to the Triforce Podcast! Lewis is sick. That was the sound of a pause. Lewis has I'm a not sniffles. So bad. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I don't know. It's weird. I'm not. I'm feeling a bit traumatized. It's like spider season, right? Apparently, right. And I, I was told sure this by is, Martin. Sure is. Yeah. No, it is. I'm not, the people give you conflicting information on spiders, right? So some people say, "Oh, you can't put the spider outside because it'll die," and other people say, "Oh, you can't leave the spiders inside because my auntie left one inside and she found it in one of her pot plants and it had and she poked the egg sac and a million tiny baby spiders." Ran out and scattered everywhere all over her entire house, and now her house is infested with spiders, and she can't live there. That's like the other, the, the two extremes. So you can either kill spiders. Well, yeah. I, I feel like spiders I are the kind know. of the knights of your household, right? They defend awesome. your house from other worse bugs. I mean, Hell I like yeah. spiders compared to little but beetles and cockroaches and other shit. Do you know what I mean? Spiders are fucking. Top notch. They're like top of the. I want them around. So if I have to leave a few of them they're, around, they're awesome in that sense. But I draw the line when there's more than one. You right. know, like I, I can, I can, I can handle just like one fucking renegade spider out there doing work. You know, catching all the bugs and eating them and keeping keeping the equilibrium of the house in check or whatever. But like, if 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 they make more spiders and all of a sudden there's like two hundred spiders. I'm out. Like I, I don't like that at all. I'm gonna be like, honest with you. I, I wouldn't mind if if every room in my house had a spider web in. It wouldn't bother me. But you, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I tend I to, I, I tend to not like the ones that I think are useless. At, at that point, you start living in the fucking Halloween house. Do you no, know what it's mean? just they're yeah. cool. They're cool animals. I mean, if you look at the spider, right? Look how tiny its little tiny head is. Think about all the amazing stuff it does that's squeezed into that tiny, tiny, tiny little head. And yet they know all that the said, stuff they need to do. It's amazing. And they're they're so useful. It's a couple of times. Like, so last night I was sat there on my laptop and I saw this like movement out the corner of my eye like you do. It's kind of that, that animal instinct thing of a blurry, just a movement where you know it's unusual. I looked over yeah. and I saw a spider, a huge spider, legging it uh, under... Literally, I guess, legging it under under the covers, <laughs> eight legging it. So I went under there and I was like, oh my god, there's a huge web under there, and there's like loads of bugs in there. It's like obviously packed full of food for like ages, and so I was like, oh god, I better better get rid of this. So I it was because it was a big spooky spider, and I thought, fuck, I don't want other big spooky ones in the place. So I I, I squashed it and, and flushed oh, it down the loo. Oh, you didn't! I oh, did. I'm man. a monster. Um, but at the same time, you know what though, you do with a big spider? The best trick is you get a glass a see-through glass and a piece of paper. And then what you do is you sort of like put the glass over top of them and then slide the paper underneath the glass and the spider. And then you've got them contained and then you can chuck them outside. No, but, no, but that's, they die if you put them outside. So no, might they well fucking just, They come don't. from outside. That's they know bullshit. how to survive. One of the things in their tiny little heads that they are that they know how to do is they know how to survive like that? That's they just it. know what to do. What if I were to just be like a big god and pluck you out of your house and chuck you into the middle of a forest? How would you get on? I'm not a well, spider. If if I was if I was more adaptable than I am currently as like a 37 year old modern day dad, uh, probably fine. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, he, he, this spider has not had, a, you know, a six years of education and a university if, degree. If God, like, took the roof off of my dad garage while I was in the middle of playing a game of Dota in my underpants. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably die. Like, I'd be upset and I would die. But, like... You know, if if God plucked me out like of my, added my upset. cave as a caveman and put me in the wilderness, I'd be fine probably. I'd just make my way back to my cave and like, you know, eat some berries on the way and shit in a creek or whatever, you know. His cave is in in the house. This is house spiders, I think. They I don't know. If anyone knows the true reality of whether or not I should be putting them outside, let me know. But there, I'd seen quite a few around. And right. this morning. Well, what's the alternative though? Where like squashing them is kind of kind of shitty because they are well, just dead. I've seen a couple already that I haven't squashed. Right, so there's already right. at least two more in the house. Right, and this morning, you know, was quite happy, and that there definitely had been like a spider like crawling all over my face and shit in my mouth stuff because he was still in the bed, and I was like, they bite Bleh. you too. Do you do you ever get spider bites? No, I, well, I've got this like thing on my neck actually. It's sort is it of, like? Does it feel kind of like a mosquito bite? But it's like. Not quite a mosquito bite. I poked it and a few little baby spiders came out. Is that a problem? Wait, that's definitely <laughs> a 100% sign that you have been hit by. You've been struck by a spider. A smooth spider. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, fucking hell. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. But yeah, there was. There, I saw one like scatter across the bed when I woke up and it was like, it was like one of those moments where yeah. you just jump out of the bed and you're like, well, I guess I'm not going back to bed in there ever again. We had one the other day just like chilling on the side of the couch. And he was huge. And, like, my kids were, like, screaming. They were so fucking terrified. So I did the trick with the paper and the glass, and I showed them the spider. And they, they were, like, pretty cool with it. But the thing is, when you have kids, you can't just kill a spider because they get upset. Even though they're really fucking scared of them, they'll get upset if you just, like, squash a spider. Like, they're fascinated by ants and stuff like that. We had, like, a little ant infestation. And we had to we had to get one of those little pucks, you know, with the juice in it to like lure them all into it, because they were everywhere. Like there was ants everywhere. Um, but we what, had to what, like in the hide kitchen them. or no, just like in the living room. They were just coming in oh. through like this little tiny hole in the skirting board. I think they must have had like a colony or something. Just like just found know. like a sugary treat you dropped drop down the back of the sofa. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, again, when you have kids, there's always, like, little crumbs and stuff everywhere. So, like, you're, you're bound to get, like, a couple of, like, little mm. ants and spiders and stuff. But we had a lot of ants. But we had to hide the puck because, like, if the kids saw the puck with all the dead spiders in it, they would have just fucking been traumatized, like. I remember that happening a couple of times when I was a kid. Coming home. Yeah. And there would be, like, ants in a line kind of running from... Like a crack in the in in the in the back gate or whatever the back door, like all the way up into the in like a really long line, all the way to like the kitchen and up the side of the kitchen thing and into a kitchen cabinet where there's like a jar of honey that's like, like you yeah. know just I like mean, cracked. Make, and make no mistake, they're organized. They, they know have, what they're doing. They have a serious like organizational plan. They got to, a system. To, yeah. You know what I read? I read a I read a study about ants the other, a couple of days ago. Apparently, like a decent percentage of the ants in any colony, they don't do shit. They're just like milling about. They just sort of hang out near the entrances to the kind tunnels. Kind like humans. Yeah, they just, <laughs> they're of, yeah. just chilling out. <laughs> you got the one guy who's actually doing the work and then yeah. four guys just staring down the manhole. You got a bunch of ants humping back like carry. The reason that I they, think ants have to carry 20 times their body weight is most of the ants are too fucking lazy to help them out. So they're like, most, oh, I'll carry the giant 19 earthworm ants back. not carrying their body weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have to make I up. I like that. 
<laughs> Boys, we gotta organize ourselves. We've got a bun, a huge bun, and this time Barry is not carrying it by himself. Okay, it's me. It's rude. Fuck Everybody Barry. chip in. I'm not. It's a Barry. bun for fuck's sakes. I the colony will thrive. This bit of soil. Hey, I just look. It's really important. I just stand and tap my antenna on this rock. <laughs> They're pretty cool though, ants. I love but ants. But annoying when they infest your kitchen or your living I, room. I did the same thing, but I got this kind of, it's like sugar and you sprinkle it in a trail and they take it back to their nest because they think it's food and then it kills them all. I felt pretty bad, but they were all over my fucking house. Like a, you put down a cup of tea, you look back at it and there's a fucking ant in it. Like going, woohoo! You know, it's like, yeah, get out of my like, fucking yeah. house. Yeah. The kids were fascinated by the the, the, the ant genocide that we, we we wrought upon this tiny community of, of insects. We sort of, right. you know, we found where they were coming out. I sprinkled the stuff and they were like, is that food? I was like, kind of. So it was like poisoned food. And they looked at me like, you know the way you try and teach us right from wrong on a daily basis? <laughs> it feels like one of those wrong things. You're killing them by tricking them into thinking it's food. I was like, look, kids, you know, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Like, it's our house. I said, how do you think the ants would feel if they were woke up in the morning, you were in there eating their eggs? They'd be like, get the fuck out of our nest. So I said, it's the same deal. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, God, fair enough. It's gotta I be can done. imagine your kids like turning to like just look at like slow their heads slowly turn to <laughs> really look at you when what? you said poisoned food. Yeah, they were like, that doesn't sound like Poison. a good daddy thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man! You had to like rapidly backpedal to explain what you were doing. Yeah. Oh my god! That's so funny. I got I got a little I got a couple of stories for you guys today that I remember. Okay. Right. I remember. I, these these are things I've never spoken about with you guys before. All right, I've got none because uh, what I what I've been doing recently is just repeating old stories because I'm out of stories, so I have to generate new ones. I think that's a common thing to do. You've got lots of stories, but the the thing is, a lot of the a lot of the stories that you tell often are the ones that are like at the front of your mind, and so yeah. you, you tend to repeat them. But honestly, I just sat and just. I was just miles away and I started remembering a couple of things and I thought, you know what? These are stories I have not told for a long time and I, I reckon that the lads would like them. So are you ready? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, so God. when I when I was briefly, for well, I say briefly, it was like about a two-year period between finishing working at British Aerospace and before I got any other kind of real job, I did all kinds of weird shit, like all kinds of weirdy-bitty little jobs here and there. And one of them that I did was I was trying to be like a reviewer so I I, right. I I did like some movie reviews for a website, and I went to um, I went to the premiere of Lady in the Water, the M Night Shyamalan movie. I think I've mentioned this one before. And like Guy Giamatti, uh, what's his name? Paul Giamatti was there, and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard was there. Who was? Oh, I almost fell over. She was so beautiful. And we were on the red carpet and doing the interviews and stuff like that. One one moment. So Go on. just sorry, just to pause one moment. So yeah. This is like watching some sort of TV show, right? Where they have a weird episode where, like the the I don't know, like Trailer Park Boys or whatever, where for some reason they get a job, I don't know, being a f movie critic, and so you are <laughs> just suddenly now what a movie critic? What? Yeah, How did I know. This? So what? It, it was for just... a website. It was for a website called The Spinning Image, which did cult movie reviews. I wrote a load of reviews on there. Right. For, I mean, you could write it for any, like old movies, new movies, and anything. And I, I which I, I watched a lot of movies. And the, the guy that ran it was a really nice guy. And he would send me um, like DVD screeners, and he would give me tickets to movies and say, you know, because they'd get them as press. He'd just say, go and write a review for it. Like he was a very, very nice guy, very chill. And he knew that his website wasn't ever going to be like a massive website, but it was like a hobby for him that because his press credentials, he gets the passes. 
Because these the guys that fucking do the PR for these things have no idea whether you're a big website or a little website. They don't take the time to look. They just look at a list of people that are movie reviewers and they just fire off tickets to everybody. So I'm right. turning up there and there's the guy who works for the it's a standard and there's there's uh, there was a girl there who worked for Total Film and everything like that. So there's all the a reputable like, yeah, all the places, actual people. Yeah. And then and there's, then there's me, you. A fucking website, fucking right? Chump so, guy who's been doing it for two weeks. Exactly. So <laughs> used I, to be like, a, had a job as a bin man. Right. Before now, that, you now were hasn't worked a Zadie like Clown, months. children's entertainer. Before right. that, and you were I'm like, a movie right. reviewer, so fuck it. Yeah. So uh, I, nice. I went out and bought a dictaphone that morning. And, um, I, you know, I went along and recorded the interviews. And I asked some questions. It was kind of funny. What'd it was you, cool. What, what do you mean interviews? You had interviews, what, with Paul Giamatti? Yeah. But you it wasn't nice. No, 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 not not one on one. Let me explain. You've got an area. I think I think they call it the press junket. I don't I don't know if that's what they call it, but it's like on the red carpet. Sounds right. Right. You've got all the fans outside, and then the red carpet comes in, and right in the lobby, there's like a you had to stand behind like a velvet rope, like you're roped off from the celeb. So they stand the other side of a rope, and you're on this side, like a scrum of people all holding their dictaphones or their phones or whatever to record the audio. Um, and my phone at the time was pretty basic. It didn't have like, um, I mean, this was like 15 years ago or whatever. Not quite, maybe 12 years ago. So t t 2006, it came yeah, out. about that. So okay. my my phone, 11 years. My phone couldn't record like audio like that. So I had to buy no. a dic dictaphone. I mean, that was um, Nokia era, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Was it? it was a long time ago. So probably a flip up, you know, something like that. So I'm, rec you know, so they come over and you shout out questions and everybody records the question and the answer, so everybody can use it basically. And this guy from London Standard was in a real huff because us, you know, non-London Evening Standard guys were trying to um, hone in on his racket and uh, take his time, I guess. And he wanted, he thought it was like a one-on-one -on -one interview when we were just listening to him. So when we're shouting our questions, he goes, oh, for goodness, no, like that. Like he was really upset <laughs> that we were asking questions too. Um, so that was kind of funny. But on the back of that, I was trying to get it some more review work because this one didn't pay. It was just fun. And there was this guy advertised on one of, you know, there's all these media websites and papers that you can get that advertise for work. And he wanted people to do restaurant and bar reviews. And I thought, well, I love both of those things. So <laughs> I, I sent, I sent in a, you're I'm already a reviewer, off. I can review just about anything. I've been you, a movie you... reviewer for a whole week now. <laughs> and I'm branching out. Exactly, I'm branching out. So I thought, fuck it, you know, if, if it pays, I'll do it. So yeah. I, I, I sent the guy, he said, I want you to review the following bar. This is like the job interview. Just review this bar. It was um, it was a bar in Soho, and I did a review, and he liked it. So he, he called me into the office. He said, I, 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 all the other reviews were pretty basic. I liked yours a lot. Come on in. Now, listen up, Ted. I've seen your movie reviews. I've seen your bar reviews. How about shoes? We're going to make you review <laughs> shoes now. I, I like uh, shoes. Sure. And then after that, we're going to send you to uh, other countries. We're going to send you to Indonesia. We're just going to make you review Indonesia. Can country reviews. No one's done yeah. that. You're, gonna, you're gonna be a big star, Ted. You're gonna be. You're gonna be huge. Now smoke this cigar with me. Huh? Uh, tell, tell me what you think of this cigar, Ted. Give me a review of the cigar. Cigar review. Pitch it. Let's go. <laughs> so this guy was called Peter. Very flavorful. <laughs> it's a lot of smoke coming out of the fiery part. Was supposed to inhale these things. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Mary, print that. Run it in tonight's issue. Love it. So this guy was called Peter, but Peter with like an I, like Peter P-I-E, okay? So he was just a bit of an oddball guy, had this weird weird name, but he was like a classic London, like a like a spiv, you know, like a wide boy. 
He's like a, a you know the kind of guy that calls themselves an entrepreneur, but they've never done started a business and made any fucking money. They just consider themselves an entrepreneur because they don't actually have yeah. a fucking job. They've got right? the blazer with the with the shirt underneath with no tie. Right, they're like and that, a, and a pair of jeans and loafers, and that makes them an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Exactly, they're like so, a Dale yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, that kind. So he he was uh, he had an office. So it was around the back of Oxford Street, and he, it was clearly not his office. Like he had a job, and he was doing interviews for his side bitch you know project out of his fucking office so i go in and there's like office people looking at me and they look at each other like it's peter running his little private business again on office hours but nobody's saying anything so i go in and he's like oh uh, let's go out for lunch let's go out for lunch and obviously because he can't do it on work time so we go out for this interview and we go out for a, for a cup of coffee and everything like that and then he says oh let's go into selfridges so i was like okay so he's he's explaining his whole shtick to me was you know the London Review of Books? No, no, not really. No. Okay. Well, it's a very famous, like, you know, literary review. It's called the London Review of Books. Very high-minded. You know, it doesn't just review, like, the new Harry Potter and shit. It's like proper fancy books. It's like a very prestigious title. But as he pointed out to me, there was no magazine called the London Review. So he was going to pitch a magazine called the London Review, go to all the hotels and places in London, and as he put it, slip fifty quid to the matri- to the, uh, the the porter or what's the guy, the maitre d? What what do they call the guy that's behind the desk uh, that helps yeah. you out? The 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 yeah. the. the you know, it's, it's a ends and er. At, at the at any hotel, porter. fancy hotels, they have no, no. The guy, he's like the concierge, the concierge, the right? concierge, right. concierge. So he was like, "Oh, you got to do, mate. You slip fifty quid to the concierge, and you tell them to put the London Review on the top of the stack of magazines in a lobby, and they give them the punters when they come in and stay in the hotel. And bingo, bango, no, there you go, bish bash bosh, London Review in their hands, and they're looking, reading our reviews. It's a, it's a perfect plan. I was like, all right. I was like, are you going to go to every hotel and do this? He goes, oh, if I've got to, mate, I'll do it. I'm a fucking grafter, mate. You know, I'll, I'll get the London Review in all these fucking hotels. 50 quid concierge, bosh, job done. No problem. That's, that's the plan. I was like, so how do you make money? He's like, well, the bars pay us to put adverts and reviews in the magazine. That's how we make the money. We're going to make loads of money, mate. London Review. I was like, are you associated with, like, the London Review of Books? He goes, no, no. But they didn't copyright the words London Review. So I'm just going to sort of get on the back of that. I was like, oh, I see. So he says, come on, let's go into Selfridges. So we're, you know, we'll just have a look around while we're chatting. So we, we go into Selfridges on Oxford Street. If you don't know, Selfridges is like a huge department store, very, very glitzy and, and prestigious department yeah. store. And we go in there, we're walking around, and he just do, does this look over either shoulder like someone that's about to, to do a drug deal and just grabs a jacket off the rack, puts it on and goes, right, let's go. And we just walk out. And I was like, are you just like nicking that? He was like, oh yeah, man, I do it every lunchtime. He goes, there's no guards in the front door. They're mystified. They don't know what's going on. So this is a job interview, potentially to work for this guy, and he's shoplifting during the job interview. I- I'd never seen anything like it. <laughs> Holy shit. So I was like, right, well, I better go. He's like, oh, I'll see you next week. We'll go out for a drink on Friday. I was like, okay. Because I thought, I've, got, I've not got a job. What have I got to fucking lose? I'm not a thief. I'm just, you know, talking to one. So we go and meet him in this pub, <laughs> me and my mate, and we go and meet him. And he's got this older guy who's like his investor who's like a, like a, a wide boy plus 30 years, you know? So he's like, oh, yeah, mate, London Review. <laughs> Love it. Think it's a great idea. Peter's an ideas, man. He's wearing on a lovely money, Selfridges man. jacket as well. <laughs> yeah. With, with the tag still on. Selfridges last week. He got this one for me. Lovely, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I saw him pick it out, actually. Yeah, interesting. So, we, you know, we're drinking, and these guys are, like, slamming the, the, the beers down. Like, I, I can't keep up. My mate is with me. He can't keep up. And we're like hammered. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon and we're both absolutely battered. 
and this old guy's just going, slow it down, are you, boys? <laughs> like, just sinking a pint, like, no problem. <laughs> right, get another one in, Peter. I'll pay, of course. And, and it was just this weirdest fucking thing. And then I never heard from him again. He's like, make this big deal about it. I assume he got either arrested for shoplifting or he found someone else to write his reviews. But it was just, it was so fucking weird. When I've never been on a job interview and had the person doing the interview steal something right in front of me. It was, uh, it was really something. Fuck me. Some people are so fucking strange. It was weird. I, it was really I used to work at, at, at this place where I did like, um, we did website design. We had like a, like a CMS, like a custom CMS that we'd, we'd like build a website on for clients and then they right. could, you know, update their web pages by themselves. Like it was, you know, like a, this fancy like back end that they could log into and stuff. So like over here, it's like, it's, it's small, right? So you, you end up doing, you end up selling websites to like all sorts of like weird places. And like, I, I don't want to go into specifics just in case like anybody knows who this guy is. But anyway, we sold him a website and he was just the fucking weirdest guy I've ever talked to in my entire life. Like, I, I actually had to pinch myself. I thought I was dreaming at one point. He was just so bizarre, okay? So we, we turn up to his office, and in his office, like, everybody that worked in his office looked like they were, like, uh, like, like 30 years ago, they were, like you know, like a, a centerfold or something, right. but they were like all, all older women, right? Like <laughs> sort of like past, like <laughs> past, past their glory days or whatever. Um, so that was kind of weird. And, and he was like really like loose with them, you know, like almost like slapping them in the ass and stuff when he asked them to do stuff and everything. <laughs> so that, that was weird. Okay. And he's like, just like, just pretty rude. Okay. He was like, like clearly very successful. He had a lot of money and stuff. He was very busy. So, so, we, we get there and he doesn't like meet us at the door or anything. We have to speak to the secretaries and stuff. And they're, we're like, yeah, we got an appointment with this guy. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, we're, we're expecting you, you know, just just go in. He, he's waiting for you sort of thing. So we're like, oh, OK, cool. And like his office is like an, like an old house that's been converted into like an office, right. it, like like an old Victorian house. But it's like uh, like like now an office sort of thing. So we go down like the, the passage and go into this room, like open the door, go into this room. And the guy's sitting there and he's got like this massive like mahogany desk, like really old school, like fucking huge desk. He's sitting behind it like he's the fucking president or something, right? He's got like, no, I'm not even kidding. He had like fucking 20 monitors, right? With like stocks and like <laughs> markets moving and stuff and all this shit. And he's like fucking engrossed, right? He is engrossed. And we walk in and we're like, oh, hi. No answer. And he's like, just totally engrossed. It was like me and my boss, and we like look at each other, we're like, what the fuck? And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, like super loud. We're like, oh, what? And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I lost another one. I lost another, like, just like doing like some stock trading or whatever. He like, turns around, he's like super fucking frustrated. He's like, speak. We're like, what? <laughs> what? Like, who fucking talks to people like that? So we go, so we go into it. We're like, yeah, you know, like, you know, we got this thing, we got a CMS, we'll set, you know, we'll get you a website set up and everything. And he's like, I guess he's a bit like like your guy Flax. He's like kind of knows like a thing or two about a thing or two, but and not enough, like, right? He doesn't but, know and, enough. But it's yeah. But he's like weary of this. Okay, he thinks that we're trying to like fucking screw him over somehow or fleece him of money or whatever. And he's getting like all bogged down in these like really irrelevant details where like he thinks it's too much money for this part of it and stuff like that. And the whole thing was just. I left there and I and I thought to myself. They should make a movie about this guy because he's perfect. Like he is just so fucking wacky. Like that nobody like this exists like in the real world. They it's can't. weird, but isn't he, it? But he does. 
And he just, you know, lords over these like old centerfolds and has fucking 10 screens in his office with his big mahogany desk and speaks to people like they're fucking animals. And what the fuck? Like it was just. It's weird weird to me that these people have businesses that clearly do make some money from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. His business was huge. And you just think, I wonder if all their customers are also old fashioned stereotypes. Like he's like, Roger. Hey, what's going on? It's Frank. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, let me just slap my secretary's ass here. What's that I heard in the background? Were you slapping your secretary's ass as well? I thought so. I thought so. Well played. <laughs> you understand the business. Like, they're the only other people that they could do business with. The world's gone crazy. Can't slap a secretary on the ass so nobody smokes cigars. How big is his desk? Doesn't have a desk. Oh, I'm not doing business with Obama. Doesn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like unless you fit that stereotypical criteria, the, the they're not interested. The liquid lunch thing as well. Like, man, do people fucking still do that? Like, go out at fucking two in the afternoon and just get completely fucking hammered <laughs> while talking about business. Five years, yeah. I mean, oh, for fuck's sake! Like, like so many people do that. Holy shit! If you go, honestly, oh, if you nuts. go out in London, if you go out at lunchtime. Like this is the, if you don't work or you're not working that day or if you work you work from home or you you're not used to going out into London during office hours. I, I do sometimes. I'll go out. You know the kids are away or I'll pop in to see Mrs F. There's a surprising number of guys in suits at like three thirty in the afternoon, sat in a pub, just pl- glasses all over the table, just drinking. And I'm just like, are you lads at work right now? It, like you must be. You must be at work because it's like a Tuesday and you're wearing a suit and you're obviously businessmen just battered, just absolutely fucking battered. I'm just thinking, what Fuck what me. job can they be doing? You know, like, Lewis, you're going to Japan next week, right? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. At lunchtime in Japan, you know what people in business suits do? They go play fucking Street Fighter at an arcade. I'm yeah, not even kidding. Probably. Like a 12-story arcade and it's just filled with like old men in business suits playing fucking you know, Pokemon and Street Fighter and stuff. Before we it's move crazy. on from that little conversation thread that we were on, uh, um, I really... Well, did I ever tell you about when we looked around the porn studio in Bristol? I think I have I not think heard vaguely. this. I have not heard this. I want to hear this. So, well, it's it's it, we were looking at, like, <clears throat> buildings and stuff to move into, and this building came up in um, sort of east, the east side of Bristol. Was the building we were, shaped like a giant phallus? No, it was kind of like, it, it was it was kind of in the middle of a residential area. But was, it was the like door a, like, like on that Robin Williams movie where he was, like, the gynecologist and it was... Um, like a set of legs, and the door was like the <laughs> vagina. <laughs> what, like one of the one of those sort of displays Patch you see Adams. in a museum where you Patch, walk I up? I think he was a fucking gynecologist in Patch Adams. Yeah, well, what was that? What, what was that? He had to have been. Why did he have the legs with the vagina door? Though? Patch Adams. He was like a kids' doctor. He's not going to have a oh, vagina right. door in Patch Adams. <laughs> he did. That was in the movie. <laughs> no way. Oh, I can't fuck, I'm going to Google it. it right now. I'll show you a picture. Patch Adams. Patch Adams. Welcome, gynos, at your service. Welcome, gynos at Vagina your cervix, door. like instead of at your service. Yeah, oh there my it is. God. I found it. I found it. Okay. Yeah, look. Well, You're welcome, right. Holy shit. Gynos at your cervix. Yeah, it's like a big, like it's a, it's a pair of spread legs with a door. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, Patch Adams. It was nothing like that. It was very seedy and round the corner, round the back and hidden. So it was, it was a big red building, a big sort of big rectangle building. And all the windows were blacked out. It looked like it was an old sewing mill or something where they, you know, so anyway, we, we went around, me and Terps went around this place and um, the guy sort of turns up in a 
big white Mercedes to turn up and he's this big guy in a big white suit with a white hat on and he's like a he's like a larger than life <laughs> kind of like porn baron a jolly uh, porn nice. baron and um <laughs> I can imagine it <laughs> like all the innuendo loads of innuendo what a stiff handshake ha <laughs> ha stiff what? We get let in by like this, this, this. So I think he, he rings the doorbell. Some, some. It's like basically there's girls kind of in yoga pants and Whoa. sort of like un, kind of like look like they're be, be, like between they they are living there literally. Um, and so they're kind of walking around in yoga pants and like a, a crop top. And he sort Whoa. of slaps one of them on the ass as they go Whoa. by. And and these are like. 18 to 25, well, probably not 18, probably like 25 to 30-year-old Eastern European girls, okay? Um, And so the ground floor of this place is all white on the floor's walls, but it's got like a series of... So it's a big, open, high room with these ancient old cinema cameras in it, right? That look about 25 years old. (laughs) But they're like the hand-cranked ones. They're huge as well, and they're on these big wheels. Yeah, they they look like ancient, the things you used to see back in, like, 70s BBC stuff. And I was like, holy shit, these are, like, relics from the past, you know. And they're they're pointing at this sort of series of porn sets, and they're really stereotypical porn sets, right? Like a hospital bed and, you know, like a cafe and, like, a park bench and stuff, like, really, and a sofa, you know, like a CD. I don't know, they're just... I don't know, stereotypical, like like weird old, old stereotypical 70s shitty porno sets. And um, there's <laughs> nice. like, on the ground floor as well, there's like this... Um, I don't know if they used sets in the 70s. I think they just like booked out a hotel room and got a guy in there with a, with a camcorder. Well, well it no, wasn't even a camcorder in the maybe. 70s. It was like one of those fucking shoulder-mounted ones, it just, you know, that had the the VHS tape in it. It was it was so shitty. And then there, there was a, a storeroom there, like, with, like, high, head high full of boxes. It all sat on the floor, no shelving, just cardboard boxes. And they had, it was like, it was like, I, I watched an episode of Trailer Park Boys yesterday, and they were going through this um, storage locker, and they found a storage locker full of, um, cardboard boxes full of old pornos, right? Right. And it, it reminded me, it, it was exactly that. It was just boxes to the to the ceiling of pornos with the names like Top Gunt and stuff, you know, like dumb... Top, top, dumb top, top Gunt? <laughs> dumb Paris Top. Well, that was the one in Trailer Pop Boys, but yeah, they were shaving, all called stupid... Shaving Ryan's private. Stupid shit like that. Um, anyway, Jurassic so... Jurassic <laughs> He took us up to... Um, he talked to us about what they were doing. And uh, so he took us up to, like, the top floor, which was actually so that the roof of it, okay, so you could get onto the, the roof, and there was this kind of shitty, like, dirty sort of stairway where people obviously went up to to, to, to smoke and stuff on the roof. And it, it was like he was surveying his kingdom, you know. It was this sort of shitty rooftop sort of square that you could stand in. And um, he would, like, sort of look out over Bristol and, you know, like some sort of weird king and telling us about how he had, you know, one terabyte internet and how they streamed to Singapore and stuff. And so we were like, oh, we didn't really know what to do. And then we went down to, like, the second floor, which was, which, so it's a three, three-floor thing. Because the, the, and um, obviously the roof is, is doesn't count. But second floor was, was basically an active porn studio. So they were, weren't filming pornos, but they were filming those late-night, girl twiddling the, the phones things, right? Where it's like, oh, call in. And so... Oh, like Babe Station. Yeah. The whole place was grimy. Like babe people smoking. Oh, yeah. Really quite dirty. The cameras were old. The equipment was old. It looked really run down. And then you'd go round to 
around the corner and all the lights would be on, all the old studio lights would be all on, the, the, the big old studio camera pointing at this, this scene, and it looked amazing. So these girls who were walking around in dirty crop tops and yoga pants had obviously done their hair, put their makeup on, done it all perfectly, got into all these soft studio lights, sat on this 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 sofa, this big leather sofa, got all the lights on them, and it was like, like it was like, You'd stepped into an alternate reality, Sipsy. You were suddenly detached because looking at that scene, it looked so pristine and so like a like an actual palace. Like like yeah. like she was sitting on a sofa in Buckingham Palace, like a super hot girl holding this phone, like twiddling it. But obviously, she was. I don't think she said anything. You know, it was just that she was just there. It was just her saying "call in," or well, I don't think she was even saying "call in," but you know, it gesturing call in yeah. and then it was all being because this was about 11 o'clock in the morning and I thought who fucking watches this and of course what it's being is it's Hello. being streamed it's funny, they to go to all that Singapore effort. they're like call in it's like we got a caller oh hey baby what do you want me to do <gasps> can you burp a bit <laughs> <laughs> could you could you fart into the phone please just just uh, just fart a little bit into the phone please <sighs> oh my God. I, I saw some porn the other day that was a uh, girls farting in each other's faces yeah well, it, it, it's it but it was Brazilian like the, the that's some not, reason that's, that's how, big in Brazil that's how you get an eye infection dude don't I, I, know. I saw this that was I saw my a first streamer. Thought. A streamer was advertising like um like VIP Skype calls okay and she and and she was like she was like five five minutes like one to one Skype call or whatever, um, and I'll and I'll burp for free like that's her thing like she burps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck me, sign so me up. I'll do two that. Two hours later, get on get on a one to one Skype call. Fucking you were burp very right satisfied. In your face. I'll fart too. I don't mind. Jesus, give me I just, money. I just think like of all the things to. I know we've spoken about people fucking pavements and bicycles in the past, but there the people will sexualize pretty much every single human activity, even farting, which you wouldn't yeah, think yeah. would be. Sexy at all, like someone. Oh, fuck oh my yeah. god! Far well, again. well, one of the Far weirdest again. ones is <sighs> popping spots, isn't it? That gets really sexy. Oh, oh that is you're kidding me! There's a huge, huge like popping oh, thing, pimple popping scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's <laughs> oh, absolutely no outrageous. Way. It's Did disgusting. You see that yeah, big yeah. Fucking blackhead she had on her oh, nose. Oh my god! The big string of pus came out. Oh. <laughs> Oh god, that is disgusting. No, but what's this, wrong with people, man? Isn't yeah. there like a? Yeah, I mean, oh, it's really, really disgusting. But some people absolutely like. Some people are really into like. Yeah, and then those those same people are probably like, I can't watch pornos from the eighties because the girls' bushes are just too big and gross, <laughs> and they don't fart enough or burp yeah. enough. Ew. Yeah, holy shit! No. I'll take a, a bushy eighties. Porn star any day over weird fucking farting and burping and stuff. Oh hell like that. yeah! Yeah, I don't, I don't oh. find that at all sexual or like attractive in the least. Like if somebody, like if I fart, it's different. But like if somebody else farts around me, I'm appalled. Like I think that's <laughs> yeah, disgusting. it's gross. Shut right? the fuck up! You are such yeah. a fart machine. You're you're so I, used I know, to I it. I am. Yeah. You can't. Am, yeah. You can't be mad at other people be, farting. I feel like I. I have. I'm a busy guy. I'm a dad. I'm. A, I'm. I've earned the right to fart freely. Some okay? people are very self-conscious about farts, and the best way to do it is to just, just, just 
laugh it off. Like every fart should be funny. Okay, that's that's well, my I find motto. Now that I'm a bit older, they're in. It's my motto. Sometimes they're involuntary. Like if I laugh really loud, sometimes I'll accidentally fart now. Okay, cause just make to... just drop something. Like drop a glass at the exact <laughs> moment you fart. All people will remember is you dropped a glass. Was that a fart? No, I dropped a glass. Just dropped a glass. Oh, What's man. that smell it's then? Stinks. Well, I, stinks. I did, oh, it must have been in the glass. Bad glass. Well. Bad glass. <laughs> Bad glass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got I got another one for you. This is this is kind of a weird one. I was a lot younger. I was it would have been about like 19 when this happened. Okay. So okay. me and my mate were on the train back to Bournemouth. Uh, we from from London, <clears throat> and uh, we're we're looking for somewhere to sit down, and we're walking through the train, and who do we see? But Jake Shillingford. I'll let that sink in. Um, we're Googling him. Jake yeah, Shillingford. He, he was the lead singer of a band called My Life Story, which was like a, a 90s indie indie band. They were they never Jake Shillingford, not F Foot. F O R D, Jake Shillingford. So okay, he was the lead singer of My Life Story, which was My a, Life Story. They were, you know, mid 90s, late British 90s. indie pop group who peaked in the mid to late 1990s when yeah. they were regarded as part of the Britpop movement. Exactly. Fronted by singer songwriter Jake Schilling. There you go. The group was formed in London around 1991 yep. and inherited their name from an earlier group in which Schillingford had appeared. A cross between a pop group and a chamber entire... orchestra, oh. the band's sound was heavily oriented towards orchestral instruments. Okay. That, yeah, that, it was a big band, right? Right. So they were playing at the Bournemouth International Centre, the BIC, which is like a big sort of leisure slash conference centre in the middle of, of Bournemouth Town Centre. And right. they, they used to have a pool and they do lots of things there. Like they do like uh, conferences and they'll do like you know, tech demos and there'll, there'll be gigs there. They do, they used to do a big New Year's party there and stuff. Uh, so this was the freshest ball for, for Bournemouth University was at the BIC and My Life Story were the band that were playing. So we're on the train down and my mate says to me, that's Jake Shillingford, lead singer of My Life Story. I was like, holy shit. So uh, he says to him, are you Jake Shillingford? And the guy, Jake Shillingford went, you guys recognize me, like you know who I am. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we, we really like your song, like 12 Reasons Why. You guys played Plymouth University a few months back. We came to see you. And he was like, "Oh, cool, cool." He goes, "Oh, right. Let's have, let's have a chat, lads. Let's have a chat." So we went and found. This is on one of those old slam door trains, right? Now listen and up, boys. Have, I'm setting yeah, up right. a website, Here's right? Where we're gonna we're gonna be reviewing things. Okay, we're gonna be reviewing music. <laughs> but first off, first off, boys, you got to cover out with selfridges, Okay, I need you to do a bit of a distraction job while I uh, <laughs> maybe just speak with one of the guys, snip a bit over fifty. Then maybe they'll do London Review. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, it's the same, same guy. guy. Same different, different guy. guy. Different, different guy. guy. Similar similar thing, but different guy. So right, are either you lads big on farting? Because I'm branching out. <laughs> so we, we go into this sort of one of the little carriages that they used to have. That you know they were like the first class carriages with the. But we just went in one. You could smoke in them in those days. So we were in there smoking away and having a chat. And we were talking about the fact he was going to go play at the at the Bic. And me and my mate, we had no plans. And he said, "Do you guys want to come along? I'll get you into the gig. You could just like hang out backstage and be like my groupies for the night." He was like joking. We're like, "Yeah, sounds good." So we're hanging out with him. And we get to the venue and we get out of the cab and he says to the cab driver, these, these are two of my groupies. I'm going to fuck them later. And we, we get out of the cab. And me, me and my mate look at each other and we're like, this took a dank turn. Like, this was, you know, dank is he serious? Turn. And then he turns around and he like gives us a wink, like, just joking, lads. <laughs> we were sort of like, is Jake Shillingford going to fuck us later? Because I, I, I want to go home to my mum right now. So we go in. And, you know, we're, we're, there's all the freshers and everything. We're just walking around with Jake Schillingford and we're just having a laugh. And he's a very charismatic guy and everything like that. And we meet all the, the other band members and they're all completely nonplussed because this is obviously something that he does a lot. 
where he just turns up with someone. And there were the regular groupies who obviously go to all the gigs and knew all the songs. They were very resentful of our presence as the wow. newcomers, right? So they sort of scowled yeah. at us a lot. And oh, really? Yeah. So we were sort of just hanging out there, me and my mate saying, this is weird, isn't it? And he was like, yeah. And, he, and we were sort of like, shall we go? He was like, well, let's just hang out. What else have we got to do? So we wait until the, the gig was on. And about 10 minutes before they were going to go on, they have a big argument. They're arguing, they're shouting. The drummer's very unhappy about something. And they're all screaming at each other. And Jake Shillingford shouts to the drummer, we can always get a fucking drum machine, you know? And the drummer sort of frowns at him and storms off. Right. And they have this big bust up. Oh, my God. And, then and he, they goes, go on stage. he turns to you and he says, can anyone play the drums? <laughs> and I say, and you, and you, and you, <laughs> you, you reach up. into your back pocket and you've got your, your drumsticks I have, there. No, in my back You're pocket like, is a full drum kit. I just pull it out. And it's just like a full oh, back one. Yeah. And he's like, if you suck my dick right now. <laughs> That's what, no, no, this, this story sounds like one of those things. You, know, you meet someone, they seem really nice. And then they're like, hey, you want to come to like the gig that I'm doing? And you're like, fuck, this is a dream come true. I can't believe that we're like in the inner circle. We're being invited to this guy's gig and stuff. And everything is like going really smooth. And then you get to the gig and you watch it. And then he comes into the into the back and he's like, all right, guys, now let's do some crack. And you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, I was really expecting that no. like at any minute. Take your pants down and drink this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always something fucking yeah. sinister in those situations. Like there, there was definitely there? a sinister undertone that we were like, at any minute this is going to get really dark and he's going to say something yeah. really mean to us. Like, can you lads just fuck off, please? <laughs> yeah. Stop yeah, leeching off my boys. success. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hang out with you two, you fucking yeah, And all the, the other groupies are going, hey, 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 laughing at us. But <laughs> no, it didn't happen. In the end, we just watched the gig and then he was like, come on backstage, we'll have a party. And me and my mate were like, mm, let's just go. So we just sort of left because no, it was getting weird. you're too fucking weird, Jake. Sorry. We're going home. <laughs> Mom, Jake said he was going to fuck me. <laughs> it <was really> Jake, <laughs> stop trying to fuck Ted. <laughs> <laughs> It was weird. I'm like, that is a great fucking story. Holy shit. Fuck me. That's pretty cool, though. It was like, it was fun. I mean, geez, it was fun. You know, even though he's like Z-less celebrity, we'd been, you we know, know, it's going to come, come full circle one day, though, Flex. That's going to happen. You're going to be on the train, and <laughs> two guys from your Twitch chat are going to recognize you, and you're going to be like, fuck, you guys recognize me? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, we've been fans for years, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to offer them crack and threaten to fuck them as well. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll ask crazy. them, can you guys play the drums? Because I, <laughs> I got a couple of bongos here right in my pants. <laughs> Stop playing my bongos. <laughs> can you play the flute? Because I got a skin flute right in my <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck, I'm play getting the excited flute. actually. <laughs> oh can you, could you whis whistle old Dixie on my skin flute for <laughs> Can you guys <laughs> fart real good? Loud? Oh man! Can you guys? Uh, you, do you guys want a coke or something? Um, just anything to get you burping. Get burping. <laughs> get burping. <laughs> Let's have some beans oh. and some coke, guys. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, fucking oh, hell! Oh, Fuck! Man. I don't know if I've ever met like any any like big time celebrities. Like, you know, you know, like some people are like, oh, I was out to dinner and I, Tom Cruise was there and I went over, I said hi to Tom Cruise and we talked for a couple of like, I don't think I've ever met like a big time celebrity just randomly anywhere. But then again, I, I don't live in the right place. Right. Like this mm. always happens to people who like in yeah, LA. You, you see stuff, a lot of famous people in London, like, you know, Dolph Lundgren. I, yeah. I stood, stood, behind Dolph Lund, stood behind Dolph Lundgren in a cash point queue in Portobello Road. 
He was just, oh, he right. was just there. He's not as tall as you think. Like in the movie really? Rocky Four, he looks like he's six foot eight, but it's just that Sylvester Stallone is so short, he makes makes Dolph Lundgren look really tall. I saw Brian McFadden and Kerry Katona at Disneyland Paris. That's it. Nice. They were just with their kids, like buying stuff. He is six and a half feet tall. Dolph Lundgren. With Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. You sure you saw him? It was he's him. A, it was 100% a hundred percent him. Chiseled man. You're, you he? are like six foot though. So yeah, maybe you were expecting to be even bigger than you, that's but true. he was actually the same size as but you. But it was so him, because people were going, oh, look, it's Dolph Lundgren, and he was going, hello. So he was definitely <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> that's nice. cool. His, his, wife, that's cool. his wife or girlfriend, whoever he was with, she was very, very pretty. He's a very good-looking guy. Like, he's very, you know, very crisp-looking, chiseled. You could see why he's in the movies. Mm. I saw the Queen. I saw the Queen one time. Nice. She was giant, just seven foot eight, massive. <laughs> You sure yeah. it was the <laughs> Maybe it was Dolph yeah. Lundgren. I don't know. Oh Maybe it was, yeah. Maybe he's doing... It was a new role where he plays the queen. I see a bunch of random people. I saw Gabe and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, at, I met at, Gabe. At I met Gabe. That's true. I did. I, I met him at Valve headquarters. What was, what was meeting Gabe like? It was weird because he had obviously been asked to do this. And this was at TI4, I think it was. So it was like, at that point, you could buy a, um, a VIP ticket... For if you were like a, a fan or if you were right. working there, you had to go to the VIP meet and greet. So right. it was at the Valve headquarters. They had one of the one of the office floors was like dedicated for the VIPs. So you had all these regular punters that had paid for the VIP ticket and all the tw- all the talent that was working there and the developers and stuff. We were all just hanging out and it was really fucking awkward. Uh, there was Gabe and you could queue up. So I queued up to meet Gabe. It was like, you know, like meeting Santa, honestly. And you, you, you do literally like a bunch of kids all form in line. You go in and you meet Gabe. You sit on his knee. He asks you what you want for Christmas and you tell him. And I said to him, I, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for giving me a job and everything. Because if it wasn't for Dota, I wouldn't have a job. And he was like, no problem. And that was the end of the conversation. And I, I wanted to say to him, could you give me like $10 million? Because you won't even notice if it happened. But he, I didn't. I did, it just never came up. I think if you want to uh, get the best from like a celebrity, though, you have to ask them about something they're really interested in. Yeah. And then they'll talk to you for a long time. But then you risk them shattering the illusion of them being cool yeah. by them, you know, just absolutely fucking ripping on one about something stupid that they really like. It's like, true. If you met Gabe and you're like, oh, hey, Gabe, uh, you know, nice to meet you. Fuck, uh, I got this new hunting knife the other day, and it was, it's not, like, as 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 ribbed as, as I'd like it to be or something. And then he just, like, went off on one and started telling you about his whole knife collection and stuff. You might think differently of him after that, right? Mm. Like, you think he's like a nerd. You might, you, might not res- you, not, you might not, like, hold him in such a high esteem anymore because he's just, like, waffling on about something you, you don't care about. But you wanted to like get into his good books by, you know, talking about something that he was interested in or whatever. Yeah. I wonder if that happens where people have gone and researched what those people are into and they're like, I understand you're interested in uh, remote controlled airplane flying. I, I yeah. am too, you know, and it's like in an attempt to start a, a sort of conversation beyond, I liked your last movie, thanks, you know, which is like <laughs> most of the conversation would probably be like, so... Yeah, yeah it but then equally after after you've like talked to him and you said, "Oh, you know, thanks for creating a game that gave me a job or whatever," and then like the conversation just ends after he's like, "Oh yeah, no problem," and then he just like walks off. Yeah, but I didn't want to bore him. Then, what and then, then you see him talking to like the super fan about the knives, and they're having like they seem to be having like an awesome conversation. You're like, <laughs> he's oh, like pulling knives out yeah, from the pockets. He's like been talking to slapping Gabe the guy about on that the back, stuff. Right, yeah, a check. Like, ho, 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 
like you're my son him. now. You're my son now. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. So there's Have a, lot a cup of, different... of beans, why don't you? And come back to my place. <laughs> I've, these are my cus- trademark invention. I spent my fortune on fizzy beans. They make you both fart and burp. Oh, it's such a joy. He's <laughs> like the Willy Wonka of beans. <laughs> the, so, so the, so the, the lesson here is. Never meet uh, a celebrity who never meet you your idols. Hold in a, yeah, never meet your idols because yeah. you'll always be a little bit disappointed because either they're going to waffle on about something that you don't give a shit about and you're going to hate them after, or they're going to be really short with you and stand behind a rope and you just have to hold a dictaphone like in their face and while other people ask them questions that's and that's true. going to be disappointing as well. So but do you know, do you know what I asked? I asked Paul Giamatti because at the time he was linked with doing a biopic about Philip K. Dick, who's one of my favorite authors. And I said to him, is it true that you're doing a, like a bio of, of uh, Philip K. Dick? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. And he was like, I'm a big fan. He said, I love Dick. And I was like, okay, thanks. And then we were talking <laughs> about like Philip K. Dick for about five minutes. And then he, he said, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go and ran in. So I actually had that moment with Paul Giamatti, but the project never came to anything. Never, never came to anything. Like they, they, they just fucking got canned. He was obviously Despite super excited to do it, and his I was love excited. For Dick, yeah. He loved. I love Dick. He said like that was obviously his little joke about Philip K. Dick. Yeah, yeah. Because Philip K. Dick's last name is Dick. You see. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sounds I mean, like Dick. There is like a show I think making loads. There of is. Philip it's K. called Dick Electric stuff. Dreams. Yeah, yeah. Electric yeah. Dreams. But I mean, it's okay. a lot of it's okay. a lot of the sort of Philip K. Dick ideas are. A bit weird. <laughs> they are. No, they're bonkers. Um, I mean, I mean they, they, they they've are. obviously had to take it as a core idea, and because he he was on he was doing a lot of amphetamines when he wrote most of his short stories. Like he he was a very crazy guy, brilliant writer. Like I I love his stuff. But if you read his short stories, a lot of them are just nuts, and a lot of them are very repetitive. Like the number of times that there is a war that has blasted a planet until there's naught left, but but molten slag and and uh, just blasted heat and there's no growth and there's just people in bunkers. And that's pretty much the setup for like half of Philip K. Dick's stories. It's like a war has gone horribly wrong and now it's like, you know, how do they trick each other with all their clever technology? And so it's like they're sending robots into each other. Yeah, but if you're, look if like you're writing other. all these things during the fucking Cold War, which he was, oh, yeah. you know, Absolutely. it's going to be a very f- formative way. You know, it's going to be very anti- Anti anti apocalypse kind of thing. Oh, it is. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, I guess this is in response to Black Mirror doing so well. You know yes. that, that they think, okay, let's do a, a show similar to that. Um, but yeah, a, a couple of them are out. I think I haven't I haven't seen any yet. I saw the first one. Um, it's called the I think it's called the Hoodmaker. Yeah, uh, it's okay. It wasn't okay. bad. Uh, like all Philip K. Dick stories, it has no resolution. Right, uh, most of them oh, just end. I know. Yeah, um, like there, there's one where a guy discovers that. He's a he's he's either a robot or he's experiencing some kind of strange uh, altered reality, and he finds out that in the middle of his body there's like a ticker tape machine, and there's there's a thin spool of tape running through this machine at all times, and it's got holes punched through it, and he finds that if he punches a hole in a piece of the tape before it goes through this sort of reader, that he experiences something. So he punches a hole in, and suddenly there's like an elephant in his room. And then as that bit of as that hole goes through the reader, the elephant disappears. So he's, he realizes his entire life is being played out on this spool. And at one point, what he does is I think the end of the story is he cuts the, the spool and it runs through and he just experiences everything there is at once. And that's like the end of the story. And it's like, wow. it's, a, it's an incredible idea. And obviously, I loved it. 
but there's no <laughs> yeah. resolution there. Like it's just I, I, the, the story ends, a puff of smoke comes out of his mouth, and that's it. So it's just, I, I it's just these like ideas that, that you explore mentally, but you you don't. It does as a narrative for a TV show. It's it's fucking crackers. It, oh, it, I think sometimes though, short stories can kind of. I, I don't know, like sometimes people write an entire book or do an entire series around what basically should be a short story, like like right. Stephen King's The Mist or whatever. You know, yeah. has been made into a TV show. Um, lately on Netflix, and I started trying to watch it because I, I, lo- I, I didn't like the film. I thought the film was okay. Yeah. Um, and some films you feel like they would have been better as TV series because some films feel rushed, right? Like right. They, yeah. It's a little two bit hours like the, isn't the, enough to tell the whole story. The latest, and you want um, you want to immerse yourself a bit more and stuff. Yeah. The latest Rick and Morty episode was um, a series, like a clip Haven't show, seen basically. It yet. Haven't seen yeah. It. So it's basically like all of the the, th- the ideas they had that didn't make it into oh, okay. full episodes squashed into one. Um, nice. And yeah, I thought it was it was good. It was kind of it, they did it instead of their intergalactic. Um, add whatever that nonsense. The TV, yeah, yeah. Yeah, intergalactic nonsense TV, which like, is that weird Justin Roiland garbage that he sometimes spurts out every. You know, it's great. It's really, it's good. I'm, I'm, I mean, Morty is great. I've got a lot of time for shorts. Like I was talking to um, Flax the other day because he was going to watch the new Star Trek on Netflix. I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Like the last time I watched Star Trek avidly was the next generation yeah which i liked because I, I like i like the format of the show in that it was just every episode was self-contained it was like a short story each episode right, right? there was something would happen and then there was re- recurring characters and some 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 stories were a bit bigger and they spend over a couple episodes or whatever or a situation spend a couple episodes and, yeah, it was thing. a very hit and miss but when you have 22 episodes per series and you're doing yeah, a series right. a year but a good proportion of those are going to be crap but some, some of them some, some episodes actually... were fantastic you yeah, know they just yeah, had, exactly. had a nice nice little story that just like resolved itself in the end sort of thing there's going to be some gems in there and uh yeah like yeah. I, I mean i went back and watched it all recently i've talked about this before but yeah I, I recommend just doing like a watch it skip it some guy on reddit has watched all of star trek and and really just says you know okay watch these episodes only and yeah, yeah don't yeah. watch and the ones where picard like gets a pony in the holodeck watch this one and yeah exactly. all, all holodeck episodes all episodes with alexander all. Oh, some all. of them are pretty good no all Almost all. Oh. Yeah. Avoid, the, avoid all episodes with Alexander, Worf's son. The ones where they avoid go all back episodes to like... with Deanna's mother. Anything <laughs> where they're in, yeah. yeah. Anything involving exactly. co- costumes, period costume, avoid. Avoid, avoid especially yeah. the worst episode I've ever seen where <coughs> Beverly Crusher goes home and there's a Scottish ghost that greets her. Avoid. That is do, one do of the worst. That, that is one of the do worst episodes episode. of all time. I'm going to watch that one now. It sounds Watch hilarious. the episode where Beverly and um, Deanna have yoga. Do yoga. Yeah. In the yoga. Oh, oh my God. I'll definitely yeah. watch that one. Are they oh. farting and burping and shitting on each other? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the new Star Trek, Lewis? Have Data. you started watching it? Fart on my face. I've, I've watched it. I've, I've watched the, 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 the two episodes of the new series, yeah. Right, okay. And? Um, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Honestly, if P-Flex if P- says it's okay, then that means it's probably probably good to normal. It's, it's right. okay. Like, yeah, it, I like it, that. I, I didn't benchmark. get much out of it. it it's, it's obviously, it's, it's new era Trek, so the Klingons are... But if it's okay, that means you enjoyed it. So that's... Yeah. You can watch it, you can watch it with Klingon subtitles, apparently. Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. This. That's hilarious. Yeah, that I remember my funny. friend getting a Klingon dictionary for like his birthday one year. At the time, we were like 10, so that was pretty cool. Like, looking back now, yeah, yeah. that's pretty fucking nerdy, I guess. But 
I think it's cool that like they've actually got a language that they can subtitle their show with. Like, that's pretty hilarious, actually. Do mm. people speak Klingon to each other at like you conventions? Know, at you know, they conventions do. and stuff. Yeah, you can Fuck say you me. could you could take a degree in Klingon. Like that that was a degree offered, I think, at probably one university, probably very briefly. But you could take Klingon as a as a degree. Fuck me. Yeah. Well, there we go. Hugh Hefner's dead as well. He died yesterday. Are we allowed to say dates, Lewis? You seem to always be really no, touchy about well, this. Well, people know that we record this a week um, before it goes out, don't they? All right. So, we, we, yeah, so we, we, 2017 has claimed another another great. Yeah, Hugh who was Hefner. it? This, Hugh, Hefner. Hugh Hefner. He died. Oh, fucking yeah. hell. How, how did he die? He was 91 and he died in the Playboy Mansion surrounded by naked women. Is that what Probably it says? the best way to go. Yeah. Some of them were farting as well. Right. Martha, the last thing I want... I it's, want to smell your sweet rosé fart. you to fart. burp in my face <laughs> as I die. I want you to puffle like only a lady can. I want my last my breath to be filled with your anal stench. <laughs> Quickly. Conjunctivitis doesn't matter now, Martha. I'm, I'm slipping. I'm slipping. Does anybody <sighs> have any crack? Quick. Pull my pants down. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, poor Hugh, man. He fucking, he lived a life though, right? Like I mean, you know he was would, a creepy motherfucker, right? I mean, yeah. I, yeah, right. You would, you'd have to be, but still. I man, heard the Playboy mansion was really pussy. filthy and dirty and sleazy. Like the porn place rags, I went around. Probably. I mean, yeah, I heard it was just yeah. Think about it, he's really like a, shit. he's an old man, right? Old people, they tend not to be able to take care of their Wasn't house. it up for sale? Wasn't the Playboy mansion up for sale? Like, I don't think so. No, I think mentioned. it's always been very, very successful. I don't. No, think no. I think it was. It, wasn't it sold for like a hundred million pounds, and then didn't it fall through? I think it definitely, oh, definitely sold because it was, it was, it was. I remember it. People looking around. Yeah, Playboy Mansion goes back on market after sale falls through. Oh right. Yeah, this is this is the case. Because I, because yeah, you could look up the Playboy Mansion, and it, it, I think it was just disgusting. And it like it was really horrible in there. God. And I think they tried to sell it for a hundred million, and then it, it fell through. So maybe he never ended up selling it. Uh, it's been a creative center for Hef for the past forty years as his residence and workplace, and will continue to be. I think the idea was that they were going to sell it, but he was going to get to live there till he died. You see, I always imagine that the Playboy Mansion is one of those places where like. When it was like, you know, first, like, uh, when they first moved into it or they built it or whatever, it was probably fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, just like absolutely pristine and everything. But like, if that happened, say, like in the 60s, like now it's probably crummy as shit. Like all the wood is like fucking sticky and like, yeah. you know, there's He's, dust like, everywhere. All, all the stuff, like they would have had one of those rotating oh. fireplaces with a TV on one side. It doesn't yeah, really yeah. work. It just looks so oh, fucking yeah, jolly lean on, it. Lean, lean on like one it. side. Jiggle it. Jiggle it. Yeah, no, don't sit on that sofa. That's the broken sofa. Don't, don't sit on that yeah. one. Well, the hot tubs don't work. They're all full of leaves and yeah. beetles and things. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, think, don't, don't open that door. Just don't open it. <laughs> it stinks in it there. It stinks. I That's don't the know fart what the room. stink is, but the it fucking chamber. stinks. Yeah, something yeah. died in there. One of the bunnies <laughs> crawled in there. <laughs> I don't know which one. One of the, one of the old ones. Yeah, we got a bunch of new bunnies coming in today. There we go. But a bus pulls up and a bunch of convicts get off. They're just there on day release. <laughs> yeah, fucking... My bunnies are here. Hey. <laughs> Covered in fucking snake tats. Oh my oh, god! Jeez. So no, I mean, like, I think his place would be a little bit like that place with all those old centerfolds, like you spoke about earlier. You know, with that yeah. fucking guy. Yeah, in yeah, they are the fucking dentures and fucking Zimmer frames and stuff. <laughs> They're all like just 
puttering around. See, now there's oh, an old you. person. There's an old person that had a shitload of sex, I bet. He was still sexing it up. Yeah. At 91, though. Dude, Viagra, penis pump, pneumatic this implants. Do you reckon, do you reckon, do you reckon yeah, he was probably. just like fucking banging away till 91 years old? Ask uh, yourself yeah. this. It's Hugh Hefner. If anyone's going to be having sex at 91, can you think of someone else? I think if you are Hugh Hefner, you can just get away with asking anyone, can't you? Like, hey, do you want to have a trouble, baby? Just like anyone as, as a <laughs> joke. That's the least you know. sexy way to oh, ask. Yeah. When I have a tumble, baby. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> have a tumble, baby. I don't know how Hugh Hefner would do it. doesn't even need to use words to ask, though. That's the thing. Yeah, he probably he just has points. like a system where he snaps his finger a certain way and then everybody just undresses and fuck him. Like, that, it. You know, yeah. he's probably what was the got a line system. that I heard him? He used. He some. He, I think he used the line like, um, "Oh, like, do, do you know Taj how Mahal. to?" Do you and know how? Just like, if, if he his was balls. like talking to a girl who had spots, he was like, "Do you know what the cure for spots is? Sex." It's like <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like there was like some some creepy lines that he had. That would probably work for him. Like if if any of us went up to a girl and said that, we would probably get maced but you know Hefner probably just got a lot of pussy that way oh and my fair God. play to him wouldn't it be amazing if it turned out that he was the opposite that he was like just like a celibate man he was like just a really honourable businessman he, he never eunuch. had sex <laughs> in his whole life <laughs> what if you have uh, no celibate yeah, sex yeah. no I sell it don't have it just sell it I'm not interested in it Farting and burping. I don't have a dick. That's it's it. just a smooth mound down there. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything. It's just a little nothing. They down cut there. it off in Nam. Yeah, I haven't told anyone. It. Some VC came out of the bushes. Charlie got the drop on me. Boom. No more pee pee. I got my pee pee and my balls right off. I don't got shit down there. Oh, fuck. Anyway. Well, that's probably enough oh, Triforce man. for one day. Yeah. It was a nice podcast, guys. Good job. Good that was job. a great Give podcast. Give yourselves a round of applause. It's nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you do anyway. your loud clap again that everyone oh, yeah. hates. Oh, my God. Yeah, Lewis actually got mad at me last time I was in Bristol. He was clapping he right next to, noise, to my ear. And I was doing and it was really loud so clapping. so fucking loud. It was making my ear ring. Like, <laughs> thunderous. It, thunderous. That, got, that also sounds like someone having really vigorous sex with a large-bottomed woman. Yeah. It's like a <laughs> really it loose ball bag. Let's Do hear it. it again. Hear it again. <laughs> yeah. It does. It really does. Really slamming away. Oh, oh. Yeah! Fart a little! Woo! Fart! <laughs> Boop on me! No. <laughs> Stop anyway. it, Hugh! Uh, your balls, your 91-year-old balls are so saggy! <laughs> They're slapping everywhere! You can't, um, you'll die, Hugh! I don't care! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck me. Right, oh, well, shit. thanks Maybe for that's listening, the secret. Everybody. Maybe that is the secret delivered to 91. Just fucking sex Tons of all sex, the time. Yeah. Keeps your ticker yeah. in check, yeah. Jesus Christ. So, right. yeah, there you go. Thanks, yep. everyone. Yep. Yep. Um, Have a great we'll time in Japan. We didn't discuss it yeah. at all. A Enjoy bit, Japan, maybe. Lewis. Have we'll see you time. when you get back. Yeah, it'll be great. You'll, I'll you'll see have you. a fantastic time. There won't be time. any Triforce for like two weeks after this one, yep. everybody. See you in three weeks, everyone. Goodbye. Right. Bye.